You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth living, Seth. OJ, Juice Man, this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one. one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, I'm up in that fish tank. Welcome back to the Fish Tank right here on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. Seth Levitt, DJ Preach is in the back somewhere, and my main man, OJ Juice McDuffie. Juice, we have arrived. What? Are you kidding me, Big Seth? (laughs) Big time, right? Big time, Big Seth. That's what I'm talking about. Finally. Yeah, finally. Big time is right. Big time and drive time. That's right. Our guest, Travis Wingfield, dives into the tank for the first time, and Travis, Thank you for hosting us in your living room, man. man. Got the water, got the coffee. We're all set here. Got the boys here. With you rolled us. out the unmatched the, wine the, the for us. Wine I mean, going and everything. All set, ready to go. I had to roll the red carpet out for the biggest guests in the in the Baptist Health Podcast Studios yet. Yeah, I don't know about all that. What I do know, Juice, <laughs> is we haven't been able to sniff this place. We've had. Think about the guests we've had. Right. We've had Nat Moore. We've had Dwight Stevenson, Hall of Famers. JT has been. In, they won't let us in this place. But. Until I put in the request for Travis Wingfield. And after it was run up through Jason Jenkins and Ann and everybody else, Travis finally, I guess, agreed, said yes, was in hair and makeup for about 20 minutes, <laughs> rolled out of here, and we're in the living room, man. So thank you for allowing us to join you. Thanks for having me on. It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird on Tuesday morning when the podcast comes up and it's like, I'm not going to listen to that because I already heard it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always listening Come to Fish on, Tank. You're going to listen to it right, like five times. I'll roll it back. I'll roll it back. We take know. some notes. We'll, we'll get some film on it. We'll, we'll be good to go. We know he's going to be listening. Yeah, man. So, Travis, you know, it's impossible, you know, for anybody that's listened to you on Drive Time, listen to our post game show follow your Twitter account to not know that you're from the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I don't know how close that is to Seattle, but you. It's hella far from Miami, bro. So how the hell does somebody from way up there become a huge, badass Dolphin fan? Kind of crazy about the Dolphin. I mean, there's so many times I've had to answer this story that it's probably changed like five or six times over the course of my entire life. Well, just give us the best answer. Yeah. I'll give us the real so, one. Just give us the best answer. So someone posted that photo of Shula in the, in the starter jacket back in the 90s. And I think you also have had some photos circulating on that in, in that particular apparel on the Twitter space and that type of thing. And I had one of those when I was a kid and the colors just popped and the Seahawks were terrible. And there was no local pride about the Seahawks up there at that time. It was before Mike Holmgren and Matt Hasselbeck and Sean Alexander before Russell Wilson, obviously. And so there just wasn't really a local affinity for the local team. And the Dolphins were always on Monday night. They were always winning. Their colors were awesome, and I had a bunch of really cool memorabilia of them. So I was like, you know what? These are my guys. And when you're a kid, you change teams, you know, back and forth multiple times. I didn't change. I did. I I always had jerseys of guys. That's because you were in the Pacific Northwest. (laughs) Where there was was one football team and then nobody else within Siberia's distance, and no one cared about that football team. So that's kind of how it happened. And then once I really became like, as you know, I'm obsessed with football, once that started to happen, it was like, all right, the Dolphins are my team. No turning back now. But why do you have all that gear? Like, where, who was getting you Dolphin swag? There had to be somebody that was secretly planting this in the Wingfield household. Yeah, so we talk about, like, my softball and baseball and football stuff all the time, right? You talk right. about it. Yeah. I talk about it. I bring it up, and then we, I make you guys talk about it. That's all because all I wanted to do when I was a kid was play sports. I came home from school and threw the ball up in the, in the yard to myself over and over again and go shoot hoops. So everything I got for Christmas, for birthdays, for anything you could think of was sports apparel. And I didn't have a team that I was like crazy about. So it was random jerseys and different teams. And the Dolphins just kind of stood out more and more every year. And 
Well, aqua, right? Yeah. I mean, who has aqua? No one else has aqua. So <laughs> sure. it's, I think it's the aqua. It's got to be. That's got to be. But did you ever, did you only get to watch them on Monday night? Did you ever go to a game, whether it was, did you come down to South Florida or what? I don't even know what would be the next closest NFL city. Right. But did you ever get to go to a game? San Fran or, or just, Oakland area. I don't know. And so did you just develop this fandom through the internet and through television? Pretty much through that, yeah. The first game I went to was the Monday night game against the Eagles in 03 when they, the Eagles, the Dolphins got eliminated from the playoffs that, in that game. But I sat up in the nosebleeds next to a Philadelphia fan. You know, the Eagles travel pretty well oh, yeah. Yeah. down here. And everybody first, travels well down here because yeah. everybody wants yeah. to be here. That's your point. And that is guys point. come from all over and they don't leave. <laughs> That's right. So I'm just saying. That's exactly right. And the, my first my first experience in NFL Stadium Juice was this this Eagles fan next to me. They went to Todd Pinkston for like 40 yards downfield opening play. And this Eagles fan next to a 15-year-old child was putting his pinky in my face saying, Pinky! And I'm like, okay, football. I guess this is what it is. That, football so, is the right so answer. So that, that was the first game. And then in 04, they came to Seattle. That was the first game I went to uh, on the road, and that was the infamous A.J. Feely glute game. So oh, those are the gosh. first two games I saw My in person. Yeah, I think My after goodness. that, they probably should have never let you back right, here, but that's right. what you were bringing. So how about the <laughs> fact that this guy is sticking his pinky in a 15-year-old's face and now you go to the games, and who's telling you how to behave in the stadium? <laughs> it's right. Travis. Travis so, is, right. I wonder if that is, and we're going to get to kind of the evolution of your career, but I mean, the inspirational moment came from this idiot Eagles fan, it sounds like. I wonder if he would come back and know that voice. No, he definitely But I mean, you know, you, you talk about like this, the infatuation <laughs> with so. sports. It was more than just playing it. Like I remember when I was in second grade, I had this whiteboard and I wanted to bring it to school so I could keep track of NBA standings. And my teacher let me bring it in. And she's like, we can't do the entire league, but we can do eight teams. And I was like, okay, that, that's what I want to do for recess. I want to go keep track of standings. So I've always been this just obsessed with sports and so this was a career that was always something I wanted to, to pursue. It just took some time to get there. Well, we want to hear about that. <laughs> yeah, we definitely, definitely. What I really want to get into is how you got into the podcast game. Seth and I, you know, we're OGs. You know, we don't know, we didn't know anything about the podcast <laughs> game. Not a, not a thing like about it, man. Kind of like young guns, but in this podcast space, man. But you've been doing this for a while. You know, talk about how you got into the podcasting, you know, in this incredible uh, I guess fandom and base that you built from doing it. You guys know the Perfectville podcast, Sam yeah. and Chris. Oh yeah, sure. So yeah. I, my first Dolphins centric gig was writing for Perfectville.com. They did the podcast, and Sam decided he wanted to have a person come write for the website. And once you know, I had kind of stepped back from writing on message boards and different websites that I was just kind of writing for fun on and different avenues and more NFL content. And he was like, "Do you want to come write for the Dolphins?" And I had just met my wife. We were dating. And she didn't know I was into the stuff. And <laughs> she had no clue. You were trying to hide. I, I, I kind of was. I kind of was. It was that 2015 season, you know, that it wasn't the best ending. I kind of was getting away from the Dolphins a little bit just for a few games at the end of the season. And he was like, do you want to come write for us? And I was like, yeah, I do. And then it was like she learned quickly. The, the obsession that it was for me to, to cover football and be a football fan. Well, she's fan. a special yeah. woman because she's very, now Mrs. Wingfield. Right. So, uh, yeah, lucky for you that she didn't go running high. And she moved. This. You mentioned how far away the Pacific Northwest is. Right. She made the move down here with me. So Mrs. Right. Wingfield is well, definitely the, the... I mean, Pacific Northwest, South Florida. I mean, I, mean, I get it. I understand <laughs> what you're saying, but You come when you don't bro. leave, right? Not <laughs> so, but one day I was actually... We didn't live in Seattle Juice. We were a couple hours southeast okay. of Seattle. But I was up in Seattle for a training for a job I was doing. And I was in, stuck in traffic listening to the, the Perfectville podcast. 
and I found myself disagreeing with their points and getting upset and, and arguing with them in my car by myself on the Yelling at a radio that can't yes. hear you. Okay. Yes. So I was like, I, I can do this. And, and I love Sam and Chris, but I was like, I can do this. I, this is, this is in my, in my blood. I've been listening to sports talk radio since I was, you know, the, keeping the stats and stuff. So me and I had a buddy from who I knew through them through a message board. And I said, hey, do you want to do this podcast where it's more about, guess what, X's and O's? And we call it the Finalysis Podcast. And we just broke down the film. was the only part of the podcast we did. And then from there, that ran its course. And then Locked On Dolphins came calling. And basically, I'll never forget my first call with David Locke. He said, I have this podcast network. We're just starting up. It's Right now, it's nothing. He goes, I can maybe pay for you to take a nice vacation somewhere. Maybe. That's what I can pay for you for a whole year of salary. But don't. it's not your full-time like job. Right, right. It's kind of like doing so, an so I was like, I'll do it for free. I don't care. My first check was like... You didn't say that, did you? Of course not. Okay. Just, okay. Course not. <laughs> Damn, but man. my first check was like 18 bucks. Free, that's okay. for a whole month. Okay. So so like it was, it, was a, it was a passion project. So I was doing it at night when I was working full-time. And it just can, every single week continued to grow and grow. And Working full time in sports media nope. or like at the I was a, Walmart. I was I was a co-manager of a staffing agency at the time. Okay, okay. I, I worked a bunch of jobs that were just Couldn't place yourself dead at a better job. Completely. <laughs> I mean, what the heck? Yeah, I called the Dolphins. Hey, I got this guy that wants a job. His name was me. No, but I, it just it, wouldn't be the first time that's <laughs> happened down here, and I'll leave it at that. So yeah, just uh, it, it was basically what I was. What I was working for was to podcast, to get home and podcast. So there's a lot of people that come up all the time and say, look, I want to get into podcasting. You know what I mean? Do we do you recommend people getting in this space? Because Seth came to me and I'm like, I don't know, Big Seth. I didn't know what you know? it was. And then we, we had no idea, but you know, there are a lot of people that think they can do this. And I, I think it's a lot tougher than people think it is. Yeah, we get the comments in the postgame show, right? You, right. What are you guys talking about? Come come do our job, right? right. But, <laughs> but no, uh, we were talking, me and Seth were talking the other day about the podcast boom. And I think I got in in like 2016. And it was kind of booming at that point, but it was it 2019, Seth, that it really like took off? I think Just, that's what we saw, in the, at least yeah. the statistics that we looked at. Yeah. But we started in 2018, 2019, and, and we were a little late to the game, but it did. It's just exploded. And I think that's also when the, the big dollars started coming yeah. in yeah. from the, you know, the, the Spotify. Well, a the lot of people got away, getting away from regular radio, man, and they want to listen to what they want to listen to when they want to listen to it, you know, on podcasts. Makes all the sense in the world to yeah. me. So just to, to bring that thought home, like, I would say no because it's such a crowded space. And if you if you want to do it, you really need to have a niche that you're you're focused on. Right. For us, it was the dolphins, and we have two different avenues we we explore, so it works. And then two, you you have to really stand out some way because, I mean, the dolphins community right now out there, there's probably 50 podcasts. Yeah. So I mean, you have to definitely stand out if you want to make a name for yourself. And, and so talk about that your decision because that stuck out to me when you said, okay, I'm listening to these Perfectville guys. But we're going to do finalysis, yeah. finalysis, I like that. and we're going to focus on X's and O's. What is your background? Because that's what stood out to me when when we first launched the show. I, said, I guess I finally got to do something on Twitter because I've stayed away from Twitter as long as I can. God, we sound old as we're telling this story. <laughs> but I, I, you know, and started finding who was who in, in Dolphins Twitter and certain people rise to the top. And I would see your stuff, and I was like, I wonder what his background is. Did you play high school football? How did you learn X's and O's to the point where you felt comfortable going out there yeah. and saying what was happening on the field? And I actually went to Juice when we first started working with you. Full disclosure here. <laughs> I was like, see what the fuck he's talking about? You know, because it sounds good. He sure can sell it. I think I know. Kind of, I look at myself. This is, I shouldn't start that way. 
But, you know, take a guy like Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell can't sing, he can't play play music, whatever. But somehow he sits on those stupid shows and a guy gets up and he goes, well, if I put Trey with James and Travis together, we're going to have the biggest friggin' boy band in the world and I'm going to make, you know, a gazillion dollars. So I don't know X's and O's, but I feel like I can look and say, well, that guy's going to win games for us and that won't. But you're there talking about somebody's got good, you know, his, his hips flex and this and that. And he's got all the key sayings, and now I can't think of any of them, but he can get off the platform and do that's all these things. That's why you don't do that sort so of thing. I, I stay away from it. And so that's why I went to Juice, and I was like, does he know what the fuck he's talking about? Or is he just, like, pulling the wool over? And he said, no, actually, I think he does. Yeah. So where did that come from? And I have Juice check me, right? Hey, Travis, you got to check Oh, no, we disagree with you now. We may disagree, but it doesn't mean you don't know what you're talking about. So I would say that where it really first began was, you know, back to high school again, uh, living the glory days, I guess. But uh, I, I, played, to him, I, I played baseball and basketball, and I refused to do anything in the fall. That was my off semester, off season, I, I suppose. And You had your own off season in high school? Yeah. Well, it, it was so I could watch football and, okay. and just be obsessed with football. And, and the, the coach, for whatever reason, because, I, you know, you look at me right now, this physique you're looking at is definitely not a football physique. And it wasn't that way in high school either. So uh, he always – the head coach always said – I heard you can, because I caught in baseball, and I, I guess I had good hands that someone in pickup football had noticed. And he's like, I heard you have good hands. And I'm like, I'm not playing football. I'm 130 pounds, and I don't want to do it. And so I started kind of just hanging out at practice and, and kind of watching with him and, and just kind of talking about – Somebody give me a damn clipboard. <laughs> offensive structure and stuff, exactly. So just doing a little bit of that, but it was more – it was way more like let's hang out with my friends and stuff. So that kind of got me into it. And then once once all the sports stopped juice, you know how this goes. The competitive juices didn't stop. Right. And I was like, I, I got to find something else to be passionate about. And it just became football and studying. And you talk about resources and Internet and there's coaching clinics and books. I mean, I just basically inundated myself with as much as I possibly could. And that's why, like, I still find myself in a position where, hey, Juice, I have this thought. What do you think about this? If this receiver does this, like, yeah. am I right about this? Because it's, it's always – you're always evolving that education. Like, I don't think that anyone, you know, especially being in this building with all these PhDs we have, right? Realize what you know, how much you don't exactly. know. Exactly. Right? So yeah. I'm always trying to keep an open ear to what is this? What does this mean? What is – how can I get better in this regard? And I think that's just the approach I've had since, really, I graduated high school. And because of that, I've been able to absorb so many things and, and – I guess just yeah, and not only that, you know, the game has changed. It changes all the time. You know, I mean, the game. Remember, I know when I played, you know, it was a running back. You know, what I mean, a big line and things like that. Now he's got, you know, he's you learned the X and O's when they're talking about the RPO game. He's running quarterbacks, and you know, we never really talk about eleven or twelve or the personnel that Travis. So a lot has changed in terms of terminology and things like that, and definitely philosophies out there. A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point. And there's there's resources anywhere, like. I used to watch Hard Knocks, and you could pick up things from Hard Knocks because there would be coaching points. Like, I'll never forget Joe Shad of the Palm Beach Post. We're buddies. And he would ask me, like, how did you learn about tight end footwork? And I was like, well, there was like, a great scene in Hard Knocks where this guy <laughs> could not figure it out that if you if you punch and then step, you're going to lose power. But if you did that punch and step together, you're going to have the most power you can generate. And so, like, these little things I would pick up, and it was just – Shad was probably more concerned about, you know, the prank they pulled on a guy when they threw him in the pool or something. <laughs> right. He wasn't you know, if he had paid more detail. attention to the damn – what the coach was saying, then he wouldn't have to ask it. It's, it's, a, it's a football Sorry. universe, and we're just living in it. I'm just trying to soak it all up. That's what it is. So let's talk about that universe and, and, and the Twitterverse and, and all of those things because, as Juice said – we were just kind of rooks. Although, you know, Juice has a great following on Twitter. I was just learning what the hell it was. 
and and Travis is like Nino Brown, right? Yeah, right. Like he's running shit over there, and you know, and he's got Twitter beef with this guy, and he's shutting yeah. down that guy, and and so talk about just building that following. And was there a point where you were you felt like you were a guy just trying to claw your way up? And when was there a point where you were like, yeah, I'm I'm that dude in Dolphin Twitter, oh, you know? And I'm setting about the, the, the yeah. what, what I'm saying though is is that. Yeah, I mean, when you got it, you got it. You have to start knowing. And I'm not, I'm not asking you to come out here and say, I had the best damn, you know, Dolphins uh, podcast or whatever. But you start to realize who's being followed and who isn't. And there's a, there's a handful of folks that really everybody knows if they're in Dolphins Twitter or following Dolphins podcast. And so what was the journey? You know, you talked about that, listening to the radio, screaming at the radio like a psycho, and, <laughs> and then writing for those guys. But what was the arc? Because you didn't just and I want to hear about this call, but you didn't just get a call from Jason Jenkins one day and they sit you down in Baptist Health Studios from writing from Perfectville. So there had to be something in between that and Dolphins Twitter, Nino Brown, and sitting in that seat right No, there. that's a great point. I mean, there was always these little landmarks that kind of built. No, it's, it was perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> up nice. Little landmarks that kind of built towards where we are right now. So, like, the first thing is I would just say the rise and grind mentality. Like, there was nothing Thank that you. I wouldn't do. I, I just... If somebody asked me to do a podcast, it didn't matter if they had five listeners, I would do it. It right. didn't matter if a radio station called me for a 6.30 West Coast AM interview, I would get up and do it. Right. I just was always saying yes to make sure I was out there and putting my you know, my face, my brand, my, my knowledge, whatever you want to call it, out there so that people could recognize it. And that's, I think, in a large way, why you talk about being on Twitter and you can't not see my name because I'm, I'm tweeting 50 times a day. I'm doing three radio shows. I'm doing six podcasts and you just can't not see me. So, listen to me. Exactly. But like, you're going to have to kick me out of this damn place, right? They're going to throw yeah, me out smart. of here. So, so, so the rise and grind mentality was kind of how it happened. But there was one moment that I'll, I'll never forget. And I actually, it was my lead into Locked On Dolphins for, for like two or three years where I said the best follow on Dolphins Twitter as voted by Dolphins Twitter because somebody put together a March Madness bracket okay. in April of 2018 asking who the best follow on Dolphins Twitter was. And at this time, I'd only had, I think, two or 3,000 followers. I was doing the videos you guys saw all the time, and I was tweeting like crazy and writing and podcasting. And there was a couple of heavy hitters. There's a Simon Clancy and Chris Kaufman from the, the uh, Three Yards Per Carry yards, podcast yeah. were in the running. Uh, Matt Canada from the Finsider was one of the guys. Uh, Houts, our guy that did the, the fish man, tanks. Houts, who I think is the funniest man on Dolphins Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to put that out there. And all these accounts that had been on there for a long time and had built up much bigger followings, and I ran through the thing and won it. I, I didn't so who did you go heads up on it? <laughs> in the finale? Like, who were you up against? It's, uh, Chris Kaufman. Oh, right. man. So, <laughs> so that explains a lot, yeah. Jesus. Now I'm starting to understand it So you, you mentioned, like, the beefs and the things that would happen. I, all that was was just competition for the space, right? We all right. wanted to be you know, a certain level of respect from the sure. Dolphins podcast. And as Juice community. would tell you, if, if you're not competitive and it doesn't mean yeah. that to you, then what the hell are you what doing? What are you doing? Exactly. Wasting time. And that's, yeah. that's how, it, that's, how it, that's the overarching theme of how this all happened. But um, I'll never forget, one of the people in that tournament had had tweeted the my, my victory and said, like, Chris is the Dan Marino of Dolphins Twitter. Oh, shit. Wingfield is merely the Ryan Tannehill trying to come up. And I, I will never forget that. And that was one of the many things that kind of stuck in my craw from years of these competitions on Twitter and trying to get yourself in the space where I was like, 
fuck that. And I, can I say that on this podcast? Yeah, That's absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, next door, I got to be a little more careful. Yeah, right. I'll just say, fuck that. I'm no, I don't know what's going to happen after they air this, and you have to go back to work. We're going to be cool. We're going to be. Head, you know, so, but, but, yes, this show, it's allowed. <laughs> so I just said, forget that. I'm going to take that and, and, and make it really kind of inspire me. And I just, it, it fueled all those ideas of, you know, like, to kind of another story here. I remember Eric Rowe signed a contract. It was it was 10 p.m. on the West Coast, early morning hours on the East Coast. And I my deal was I'm going to be the fastest. I'm going to be the best in, in terms of getting out content. Signed him at 10 o'clock at night, watched a movie with my wife, got to go upstairs, got to get to work. Watched like four of his games, wrote a whole article, put together a podcast. So it just, if something came up, Dolphins, your boy was working. That's what's up. I'd like to hear that. I'd definitely like to hear that. Although I got to tell you, Juice, like, it's a fish tank. So we throw it back. We've talked to, we've had Larry Zonka. We t- so we talk about the old days. When Travis is talking about the old days, <laughs> right. he's talking about when Eric Rose. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> His old days are way different than our old days, aren't they? That's, that's for a, sure. That's a whole different animal. Yeah. So you go through all that, and, you know, I imagine there were some opportunities that, did you have to turn down some things? Did the right opportunities come? Did things fall through? And then what ultimately puts you in the driver's seat Driver's seat, time. drive hey. time. You like that? Loved it. Here with the Dolphins. Yeah. So uh, another another guy on Dolphins Twitter that is actually a good friend of mine. He comes down and watches college games on Saturday. Then we go to the games on Sunday. Kyle Krabs from Lockdown oh, sure. Dolphins. Yeah. I, I met I, him one time, and we showed up in the same damn shirt. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and it was this. One. It was that shirt. <laughs> I need another shirt. Jason Jenkins, please. At Bo Campers, too, of all places. So there you go. But no, he. We're, we're buddies. I recommended him to, to do the Lockdown Dolphins podcast when I got this job, and um, we. Antoine Staley, who I don't know what he does now, but he used to write for the Dolphins Wire. Yeah. And he was leaving the Dolphins Wire to go write for a baseball website. I think MLB.com, actually. And uh, he Bad said, enough. he said, I'm recommending you to my boss for Dolphins Wire. And I was doing Locked On Dolphins, and I thought, this is perfect. I'll be able to have the Daily Podcast and the Daily Dolphins Wire, which might actually be able to let me quit my job, maybe. I was all in. I was so At the stoked. staffing agency. At the staffing agency. Okay. I was so stoked about it, and I, I kept on asking Antoine every couple of weeks, what's going on here? And then finally, it, it came to fruition, and it, or it didn't come to fruition. It came to fruition for Kyle Krabs, and he got ah, the Dolphins wire. And that one, Krabs that one, barrel. Yeah. that one stung. <laughs> that one stung a lot. That stung yeah. really hard. And then... Still, to this day? Well, no. I mean, things happen for a reason, I suppose. So that, that was the big one. Travis, now... I mean, think about this, man. I mean, what is it like, honestly, going from where you were as a super fan to now, dog, to being in the building, having coffee in the in the staff lounge, assistant coaches, you know, seeing the players all the time, man. I mean, that had to be, I mean, all inspired. It had to be crazy to even imagine that you got to this point in your career from what you what you came from. It's ridiculous. I mean, I walk in here today, and the GM and some of the coaches are out there, and it's like, what's up, Travis? It's like, what? Yeah. You guys know who <laughs> yeah. I am? Yeah. This yeah, is yeah, so yeah. stupid. So, I mean, and then, you know, I'll go out there, and, and there's Dan Marino. It, it's, it's Perhaps so, you've heard of him. It, it's, so, <laughs> it's still so weird yeah. to me. And, like, there, I have a great story about, like, one of the, the kitchen staff that I always would talk with about, like, the heat or basketball or something. And uh, we we were all three in the kitchen together. I was like, "Hey, do you know who that is?" I was like, "Yeah, I know who Dan Marino is because he's." We talked about being young. He's like 21, and I'm like, "Do you know what Ace Ventura is?" He's like, "No, I never heard of that." I'm like, oh Bro, man, that, the Ace Ventura. Like this guy hung out with Jim Carrey, so you should bring him in a VHS tape. <laughs> right, Ace Ventura, you'll start being like us. Exactly. Those players are obsolete. Now. So it, it's juice. It's Little incredible, ball. man. It's it's surreal every single time it happens. My my main thing is I try to 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 not be heard. Like if, if they want to talk to me, I'll, I'll talk to them, but I don't want to 
interfere with anybody's time. Keep and, your head and, down. Exactly. Keep Smart. your head down and just just try to be be part of the wallpaper. But it's I, I, inside. It's like this is crazy every yeah. single time. Yeah. Yeah, Seth and I were talking about, you know, kind of look, kind of remind us of the ESPN commercial, right. you know, the, the mascots in the cubicles with all the reporters. Yeah, the San Diego chicken. Yeah, all the guys. <laughs> but Travis in there with the beauty with the big dogs, man. That's good uh, stuff. It's, yeah, those are great commercials, by the yeah. way. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's surreal. Uh, the, the balcony for the practice, you know, go, getting to go out there and kind of watch the first part of practice and, and just being around the guys and, yeah. and, you know, back here in the, in the studio, Christian Wilkins will do press conference next door. He'll do a press conference next door, and he'll come over and he'll talk to all these guys. And, and I think he's got a nickname for Trey over there. And oh. he, he'll call him a nickname. He'll come into the podcast studio and dap me up and put his big sweaty, you know, hug on me. It's just like, you know, he's just one That's of the great. guys. It's awesome. Yeah. It's the best. <laughs> Nothing like a big sweaty hug. <laughs> so, but I think you were. I, I feel like, and I could be. My memory is is failing me from time to time these days. Getting up there. But I, I am. But when you actually got the opportunity to work here or when you were, I, I don't know, the interview or whatever it might be, it was a non-traditional experience. And also, as you talk about showing up and going to get a cup of coffee and there's Dan Marino or whatever, it kind of had some of that magic to it. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's uh, like so what, the way I learned of the possibility of this job happening and i probably still didn't think it was going to happen at the time because you know it's one of those things where until it actually, kyle fucking crab, until, right? until it actually happens kyle crab is what you're thinking about. he's gonna love this so oh, much sure. Oh, sure. so uh i was we had the they did the the fan site coverage it used to be web weekend you used to do that stuff too, yeah right? you go yeah. part Definitely. of web weekend and they scott changed stone it special right there. scott stone scott yeah. stone was my guy so the i man. talked to him a bunch we had lunch a few times and he got me into the the fan site weekend where you could come down and cover a game. So it wasn't just, you know, coming on Saturday and, and meeting different, you know, doing a GM interview or whatever. Like, I don't know what it was for Web Weekend. I wasn't part of it back then. But, you know, I got to come out. And the, the first game I came to, we covered a Walk of Fame event. And I can't remember who got inducted. Oh. But you were there. Yeah. And I came up to you and I said, Juice, I love the fish tank, man. You guys are killing it. Just so you know that too, yeah. as, as well. Uh, got <laughs> the right a thing to say. Chance juice. to tell him yeah. that, and he didn't know who I was at the time. Right. So that's the first time I ever met OJ. But he probably Nino Brown on Twitter right, right there, man. So, so that was the first game day experience, and that was actually the Miami Miracle game was the first one. So wow. not a bad okay. one to go so to. Things are getting a little better than your childhood experience. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And then 2019, I was here for the first victory against the Jets. So the Dolphins were 0 and 7. Played the Jets, had the big win. So exciting locker room. We got to go into the locker room to cover the game from there. And uh, I was down there, and, and uh, one of the PR staff came up and said, hey, Jason Jenkins wants to bring you uh, – Garfinkel wants to meet you. He wants to bring you up to, to Mr. Ross's suite. So – so Jenkins. Look at that. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Back it up. Back it up. So Mr. Ross says Tom Garfinkel no, 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 says no, Jason Jenkins. Just Garfinkel. Wow, man. That's like name hey, the, drop, but I know. Okay. The Don. Man, that was, that's serious. So, so the so it's like from the heavens. The PR, right. PR staff pulls me out, and Jenkins is already gone. He's got he's got a place to be, right? He's got no time to meddle. A lot of things. He's got a lot do. of things going on. So I'm just following him. And we're, this is the craziest part of the whole thing. Well, it's not, but it's one of the crazy parts. Is walking up. They took me out through the 72 Club up to the, to the elevator to, to the uh, 2M to get up to where, the, where Ross's suite is. And we're walking to the 72 Club. And this made me feel great because I, don't, I didn't know if Jenkins was thinking about hiring me or what he thought about me. But literally two different tables inside the 72 Club both go, Winkfield, love the podcast, bro. Oh, oh, yeah. You're the best, man. You're the man. Your chest just yeah. uh, fill up a little bit. I was you're like, like you hear what I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> you're talking to me. That's right. You give him that one. Right. So then I, I catch back up to Jenkins because he's walking 100 miles an hour. Get up there, and we go into the suite, and and uh, there's Garfinkel. He comes over. First thing he does is you know introduces himself and says he's a big fan of what I do, and and uh, 
thinks I'm not a fanboy, but I have a good message to get across and all this stuff. And I can't help but out of my periphery notice, first time, not in the coffee, drinking in the kitchen, is Dan Marino. And uh, I'm just kind of like, I think Garfinkel kind of caught me, like, you know, my eyes kind of wandering. <laughs> he just said I'm not a fanboy, but that's Dan Marino. <laughs> and he was like, kind of picked up on it, and he's like, oh, that's Dan. Yeah, Dan, you want to meet him? Yeah, I would like to meet him. And so we go over and, and hang out with Dan, and, and it was Tom and his father. My brother was with me because he was the one that I brought for the game. He was he was writing for uh, for Lockdown Dolphins, and so the four of us just kind of sat there and chopped it up and, and talked about our first win of the season and how about that? the direction of the team yeah. and how about a, lot, that? a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, man, man, what a trip. What a trip. Yeah, that's that's stuff. pretty wild. That's pretty wild. So my, my experience wasn't like that. <laughs> Tell me about you know, it. I, I didn't get hired that way. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I had uh, more of a Harvey Green-esque experience. <laughs> but what I can relate to is this idea of – so Juice, different. Huge sports fan growing up. No, but I mean, look, not Always, everybody. Always, every podcast, every time, I'm going to kiss you. I mean, it is what it is. You should wear that with pride. You were uh, the elite of the elite. You were drafted in the first round. They fly you down in a tuxedo, the whole thing. So for those of us that grew up loving this team, and not that you don't because you're as big of a fan as there is in the alumni. In 93, I, I started loving the team. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> sure. When they start right yeah, they the Absolutely. <laughs> so the thing is, when, when you grow up and your whole life is built around how do I get there? How do I get on the other side of the fence? How do I get to be a part of this thing? And those things start to materialize. That's a big deal. I used to wear, I had this little gold chain. So now, I'm an 80s, 90s kid, so you had to wear the gold chain on the outside, outside of your t-shirt, sure. yeah, for sure. sure and sure. I had my little Dolphins, old logo, original logo, gold <laughs> chain. And I wore it everywhere. Everybody knew me for the, if you, not everybody knew me, not that many people knew me. But if you knew me, you knew I had my damn gold chain. And I finally got my opportunity where Harvey, after two tries, sent me up to Cleveland to work for the cast. And I finally got my opportunity to do an internship here. I had this moment. You ever seen the movie School Ties? Oh, yeah. So, uh, school, you ever see School no, Ties? I, I was waiting no. for it, no. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> you got to see it. It's a great story, and it takes place in, it's Brendan Fraser, and it takes place in, I don't know, the 40s or whatever. But uh, he's a Jewish kid, but he's the best quarterback in town, and, the, and this, this Catholic high school the private school that has all these legacy people that spend millions and whatever donations and they just want to win damn football games. And so they sneak the Jewish kid into the school and he has to pretend he's not Jewish because of the times and so mm. on and so forth. So he took off his Star of David and he hid it so that the guys didn't know that he was Jewish. So I like had this moment where I took off my dolphin chain. I was like, I can't go up in there being a fanboy. No, no disrespect. We love our right. fans. This whole thing falls apart if we don't have sure. our, our fans. But once you go to work, you have to be a professional. And so that was this moment for me that I was like, all right, my fandom is always going to be here, but I have to like just suppress it and learn to be a professional. And so when you're telling these stories, I can kind of relate to that. And I wonder if you had kind of that moment obviously you can't relate to school ties but i'm going to get you the vhs tape so you can watch it <laughs> definitely got to watch it um a, a young skinny brendan fraser but the thing is like then you start to learn stuff and you start to say okay it's more than just what i see at one o'clock mm -hmm. on sundays it's more than just the glamour of oj mcduffie spinning the football after a third down conversion to a first down oh, and there's there's guys that are doing a lot to get to play on Monday. There's coaches that don't leave the building. There's PR guys that are working 19 hours, and they'll be right back at 6 in the morning. You know, and so you just start to see this whole other side of the game. And I wonder, like, what have you learned? What was the most eye-opening thing for you 
getting into this space and seeing the other side? Uh, that's a great question, and I have, I think, a great answer because, because you know, <laughs> I'll be the judge. Of that. We <laughs> will be the judge. Of that. It's, to me, to me, it was the human aspect of being in a, in, in a football building because, as you, you guys can both attest to this, is you know, in, in the media landscape, it's about people. When things aren't going well, they want to hear criticism, right? They want to hear how you're going to fix it. What's your solution to get better to make this team what I want it to be as a fan? And a lot of that comes from this player has to go. This player is not performing well enough. You got to bench this guy. And being in the building and being around people and recognizing that there's more than just you know an X and an O on the field, and it's actually a human that has a life and a family, and and getting to know these guys. Yeah, that yeah. was that was the big difference for me, and, and a kind of a change in the way that I want to cover the game and the team and if you know if i did something beyond the dolphins that i would probably have a different mindset and how i covered the critique of it because of knowing that these guys are people just like us and that was yeah, yeah. to me that was the big one and that was evident from you know you mentioned me the fanboy i always joke with my wife like the whole reason i wanted to get this job was so i can justify wearing dolphins gear to work day, every day all, that's it. every single day <laughs> my, my first couple of when i went to the fan the cover from the fan sites i would wear a, a dress shirt and slacks because that's you know professionalism in the in the yeah in the booth and all that profession that is not his game day attire anymore <laughs> all, all of that went out the door when when kenyon drake scored that touchdown against the patriots because i was up oh my god he's gonna score <laughs> oh you're lucky but, you didn't i get mean tossed. Uh, yeah what are you gonna do last play the, what are you gonna do the, me there, yeah there was i was not the only <laughs> I'm never coming back. <laughs> yeah, right. right, right. So, oh, shit. So, so, yeah, and then you mentioned, you know, just seeing the operation of it. Like, a, a good example was, you know, week 18 this year, we were all bummed out that it wasn't for a playoff berth. And I was kind of, oh, man, this game doesn't have any meaning. I don't really want to, you know, not that I don't want to go, but it's it's not like it usually is. And then I walk into the stadium, and you see the operation, and you see guys yeah. getting ready for the game, and you just kind of are around the, the feel of football. Yeah. And you're like, let's go. I don't want to lose the Patriots today. Right. So just, just being here... It just everything you think is a fan to me, it, it really turns it up like times ten. Good answer. Yeah, times ten. You talk about you talk about the eye opening moment, but now let's talk about the best moment. Oh yeah, and of course, that's work with me and Big Sam. Yeah, of course, that's, no that's doubt. Gotta be, that's got to be the best part of the whole the whole gig, man. How could a kid? You know, they grew up a couple hours south of Seattle. Did you ever imagine you'd be doing the Dolphin post-game show with these guys, with these, with us? With, with this, this guy right here? He certainly wasn't I mean, thinking about think me. about that, man. I mean, that had to be, um, that'd be pretty awesome there, as well. I so. mean, yeah, Juice. Yeah. I mean, there's no way to navigate this answer without getting a reaction out of him. I'm going to try, try my best. Because I'm going to go back. You're to the in the last... tank, brother. We're not driving right now. You're right. in the tank. Yeah, right. I'm going to go back to the playoff win over the Colts, and and I I'll, I remember that game so well because I was I was in junior high. Set. Oh, we shit. talk about it. I was oh, in the sixth Lord. grade, and I was Jeez. watching that game completely invested in the outcome ah. and just running around and watching OJ McDuffie make these big catches on that that game tying drive, mm-hmm. the Jed Weaver touchdown. You know, you made two big third down catches and. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget watching you play, man. And then to like meeting you at the Walk of Fame was like, okay, that was just like a fan interaction. That's not a big deal. Correct. And then like the fish tank comes around and I, I get to know Seth a little bit and that yeah. kind of gets me into in, in the door for juice. <laughs> okay. All right. That's it. I'm, I'm like a toll booth. And then the post game show good. comes around. You have us over Thanksgiving, bro. Like that was awesome too. So just like, it's, it's, it's so surreal that, I mean, that's, it's hard to say there's a better moment than that, just because to me it's all about relationships and you know talk about the human element and, and yeah. developing these relationships with you guys and people in PR and, and you know walking around the building and, and I talk about seeing coaches, coaches saying like what's up, Travis? Just having 
having those guys not just know who you are, but like, oh, that's that's my guy, you know. Yeah. And that that's been the best thing was just having these relationships that have developed with these people that used to be figureheads to me. Now they're they're real people and relationships. Right. I really cherish those. Yeah, you know, it's so funny about yeah. I, I, I was talking to Seth too about. You know, when us doing the post, people don't understand the shit that we talk about off there. Oh, man. You know, between, you know, between <laughs> during the commercials. And sometimes I sit back, man, when you and Seth start going at a little bit, man, I get my popcorn, man, and just, you know, put my, kick my feet up, man, and just oh. enjoy some of the shit. Talk a little bit about some of the shit that goes on between, you know, our on-air stuff when we have to go back to the Just don't do any man. screen shares of our, of our texts, okay? The text, that, that has to stay confidential. Oh, my God. Well, the number one thing was making sure you check the mic box, right? Make sure, make sure the mic is oh, off man. and you're not hot. And the producers do a great job of telling us, hey, you're off, you're on. That's Typically. They're not right. checking their fantasy. Right, right, right. I'm trying to think about what game it would have been. I mean, because we were, we were pretty charged up after the Titans game, I think. So, like, oh. we throw the mic away and then it's, oh. and then it's you know. That might have been the toughest one for us to do, <laughs> After man. the Colts game. And even, were, the, even the one yeah. in seven star wasn't that bad. They had a lot of other things going on. The Colts on game. What was the game? Was it the Bucks game when Seth wanted to turn the page immediately? I, I forget that which was, game. No, I wanted to turn it. was the Colts, Colts game. game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to turn the page to the Bucks. Yeah. I wanted to focus right. on the Bucks because the Colts game, there was nothing. We were going to get no value out of it. And this guy <laughs> is texting us that he's about to get fired. <laughs> yeah. this is gonna, if Jason Jenkins didn't come walking into the Ooh, studio, man. yeah, yeah we, right. who knows where we'd that's be right, right now. And, you know, yeah. we talk about. <laughs> We, right. we talk about like the therapy that it was to do the post game show after Absolutely. a loss. I think part of that is also the between segments when we, we do kind of let out, maybe it's, it's more of a, a passionate release more right. than anything yeah. where it's more of like, I got to say this about this player or this guy that I'm upset with because he didn't make that play so that I get it out of my system. And then you can get back to saying, well, the offensive line, you know, didn't have this, this good day or the, you know, the quarterback missed right. this throw. So. Those in-between moments, I thought, did a good job of fueling the podcast because it, it gets the wheels turning and it kind of teaches us what not to say. Right. So, yeah. Right. We can't articulate it. We, we articulate differently exactly. between, exactly. you know, live air, right? For sure. And, and I think that's important for people yeah. at home yeah. to, to understand is that I think the easy, I don't want to say lazy, but the easy thing to say is, well, those three guys are, are there. The team wants them there. And so they're only going to say X, Y, and Z, and they're not going to say this. And, and it's, it's really not that. It's the fact that we do have this perspective. Exactly what you just, I think, expressed really well is that we realize that there's real people there. Yes. And so, yeah. you know, I, and not that we would ever say this on air, but you hear it all the time. Or you see it on Twitter and the idea that someone sucks. You don't get to the NFL as a <laughs> coach or a up, player or suck. Up, and I know That's that they mean it man. in the scope of, well, within the NFL, if you rank that receiver, yeah. blah, 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 some crazy I won't do it. Some crazy <laughs> website gives a rating that you don't believe in or whatever it might be. But I think you did it. You were on the field and you did it. And you had good days. And I don't know if you ever had bad I days. I had much but you bad had, days, too. You had yeah. less than, than what you wanted days. Yeah. And I was around it. And I sat in those post-game locker rooms where we lost games that meant a lot. And I know what it meant to guys and how much time they put into it and, and those things. And you're seeing all that now. And so I think what we try and do on air is to give perspective even in the darkest moments of the season. And so it's not about what not to say because we want to follow or toe the line right. or whatever it might right. be, but it's just kind of respecting this team that we all love and are passionate about. And yes, we're working with the team as well, but, but respect the people that do this for a living. And so, and so I, and I get it. And that's why when I wanted to move on, I wanted to move on one because my partner, you know, was going to lose his damn mind and I didn't want to lose my damn partner. But the other thing was like, I, you know, there are certain games, Juice, I know you had them where the coach was like, fuck it. 
let's focus on the next opponent. There were certain moments, you can't do that every week because you have right. to learn, make the corrections as we heard all year. You had to do those things. But there had to be certain games where I heard JT would say it every now and then. That's one of those games where you just burn the tape. And well, the the problem was we had already buried the ball three times before that. Well, that's right. a good point. When you lose seven in a row, you know, you're looking for We had a whole graveyard of buried footballs that's back right. there, man. That's a fair point. It's a fair point. <laughs> for so, sure. For yeah. sure. So, all right. That's the journey, man. And it's a great journey. And yeah, I hope that people... And, and what's cool is I think some of the people that listen to the show have followed the journey with Travis. So, you know, I, I get people every now and then and they'll say, oh man, I love what you guys are doing in the post game. I love that you're working with Travis. I listened to Travis when he was on the message board or all yeah. those things. So mm-hmm. I think some people are going to really like hearing this and reflecting upon it, being nostalgic for Travis yeah. Winfield stories. <laughs> kind of stuff. curious. But, but nice you're here Travis now. on this side. Of it is, the, man. The, the it the is. He's sweating, yeah. bit, but, uh, he's sweating a little bit. He's sweating a little bit. But here's, <laughs> here's the thing. Now you're here. You are the drive time guy. I listened to the show. Training camp was the biggest one. Absolutely. I couldn't get out there. And I listened. Nobody mm-hmm. was doing what you were doing in training camp. And I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here. Because you know I would tell you what I think. <laughs> right. But, but I just think the, the amount of information and the type of information you were given was fantastic. I know how much you love preseason football, which I couldn't understand, <laughs> but I get it. Preseason football. But the offseason is like, you. I feel like right now you're that kid on December 1, and you pull out the calendar, and you start crossing yeah. off days <laughs> till Christmas Christmas Eve, Christmas morning. And that's, look, he's already, he's yeah. kind of jumping. Oh, yeah. So tell us what's in store. What does the preparation look like? What's in store for drive time as we go through this off-season experience. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the training camp practices because the Senior Bowl coming up is going to be kind of the exact same thing, covering these new college prospects that come in. And Jim Nagy with the Senior Bowl does such a good job of getting really high-end talent, like first-round picks yeah. every single year at every position at the Senior Bowl. So we're going to cover that really in-depth. Um, still love the Jason Taylor Senior Bowl story. He's one of the greatest <laughs> yeah. of all time. It's oh, yeah. such a goat story. But um, uh, <laughs> Only so him. Senior Bowl coverage. We'll have, you know, last year with free agency, we had the, all the free agents were on the podcast, and we did a written story on them, too, kind of exploring their their tape, their uh, advanced metrics from different websites that we yes. use. Yeah. Um, uh, just just trying to basically Believe introduce all the newcomers to Dolphins fans with, you know, as much possible research on their game and their and their personal background as well. So that's coming up. The draft, I live for that. You know, this is the, you talk about December one. That's that's the draft countdown, really, is what it is to get to late April for the the NFL draft. So all of that's going to be covered wall to wall, three days a week, pretty much from now and until I think free agency will probably change that because once we get to the Temple events, we'll do more expand the podcast to cover all the big events. So everything the Dolphins do, drive time is going to be there for us. What's up, right there? Drive time, big set. Drive time. Get a crossover every now and yeah, then. If, if you guys, crossover by the way, do you guys space? know what drive time comes from? Did anyone, does yeah. anyone know this? That's, that's, I mean, drive time radio was the only thing I was thinking of. So I used to always, back I mean, when, he wasn't drive he was, time. He was in the car. Screaming at the damn radio. radio. Does it come from there? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> it does come from locked on though. Cause the, the idea was that we were filling out people's commutes to and from work. It was a 20, 30 minute show. And then, um, uh, every day at five o'clock, we would, I was part of our, our deal was y'all to retweet. It's drive time for the podcast. And so yeah, every day at five o'clock, I was retweeting drive time. That's how it came to be. Nice. Makes a lot of Makes sense. sense. Well, there you go. If you wanted to know everything you could know about Travis Wingfield, you just heard it. You can catch him on drive time. They can follow you on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. I say it yeah. as if they don't already yeah, know. Right, right. But they're following us. They're already following <laughs> Travis. But it felt good because he does that to us in the radio station all the time. <laughs> Always hooks us up. I had a blast with you all season. I hope we get a chance to do the post game again. It was a lot of fun. Um, we enjoy coming on. Uh, if I didn't get us fired, we may. We, 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 oh, you were going to get yourself fired. I wasn't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't going down. I didn't know what I was going to do with the fish tank. 
But I was not going down with that ship. That's why I was moving on to Tampa Bay. I'm trying to explain that to you. Too. I just to make sure. I would have I fought for it. I, I but at some point, you know, things get out of my hands. Right, man. You got to get out of your pocket. Oh, man. Too much fun. Well, this was great. It was great. And, and thank you for letting us interview you in your own damn living room. I appreciate right. it, guys. Awesome. I'd, I'd, I'd love to do it. Whenever you guys want to do it again, if we do, I'd love to do it. So just tank all the way to dive into it. Thanks for diving in, Travis. You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, OJ, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. dog fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank, go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank, it's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank, rocking with OJ and Seth when we dive up in that fish tank, Big or cry hard, leave it all on the field. We gon' try hard, old school, a new school, mix it in. Feeling like we up close when we listening. Dolphins tales in Miami is the deep end. We vibing with our favorite players, no secret. We get with Seth and McDuffie, bringing up stories we never heard to the public. Bet we love it. Dolphins fans never budget. We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset. We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about the fans. And if you ready for that water, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about the fans. And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about the fans. You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive, dive in. Fish tank. Go get your aqua orange. Yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rapping with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank. Dog fans with attitude, we about to dive up in that fish tank.